Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who need just a little bit more. We're two friends, Jason and Steph, and we aren't quite ready to sleep on all things pop culture. Welcome to Kick-Ons, because the party's not over. The night is young, no we're not done. Party back at ours, everybody's welcome to the kick-ons. You're welcome. Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who want just a little more. Hello, Jason. Do you not say hello to me right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> I am in a state of panic. Oh, really? There are three things that I love just as much as I love my mum. Okay. Hit me. Can you guess? Karaoke. Oh, okay. Four things (laughs) I love just as much as I love my mum. Potato chips, salt and vinegar specifically. Wine. Wine. Red specifically. And pop music. And pop music and now karaoke, which is pop music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm shaking right now with excitement. Oh, that's so exciting. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I was just going to apologise if my voice is like a bit um, fried because we were out doing karaoke last night, which is why I brought that up. Yeah, Um, and what's your karaoke banger? Honestly, I think the hit of the night was um, Breaking Free from High School Musical. Yeah, me too. It really sat in a nice place. I was actually really shocked that we um, like took the male and female roles. Like, I was <laughs> Troy and you were Gabriella because it's like yeah, it felt right. It. We sh- oh, oh, actually, you were Troy and I was Troy too. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you were singing the harmony. <laughs> Look, I can't help it. So angry. I'm, I'm mad at you. It. I forgot. God. The- <laughs> so lucky we've got a third person joining us yeah, today. I forgot yeah. we were fighting about that. Should I tell everyone who our guest is? Oh well, about our guest. Please. Are you ready? I'm ready. So our guest today originally hails from Christchurch and caught the attention of the country with her 2016 breakout hit, Rome. Billboard has described her as one of the most exciting pop voices to emerge from New Zealand in the past five years. Her debut self-titled EP gained her three New Zealand Music Award nominations and her follow-up, Not Your Princess, was released in time for summer last year. She is a regular at festivals throughout Australasia and is open for acts like Sia, Tones and I, and Mika, which we must ask about. After returning to NZ pre-lockdown, she's been working hard on her latest release, 99% Angel Mixtape, which sees the songs from her EP, 99% Angel, remixed by some of her favourite artists and producers. And let me tell you, Valbox. I'm screaming inside right now. Like, I know that this is an audio medium, but like... Honestly, I feel like I'm going to explode at any point. We are so happy to welcome Thea to hey. Kick Off. Welcome Woo. to Kick Off, Thea. Woo. Thank you for having me. So cool. And every, to the readers at home, she looks stunning. Yeah. Um, she's got a, a face tat yeah. that yeah. is <laughs> just drawn with eyeliner. Thank you very much, woman at the shop. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, you guys. I've just got my coffee here and I'm just cheers. Yes. How do you drink your coffee? Um, just black. It's it's nice. It's just like a long black with my espresso maker. My favorite flavor is vanilla. Oh wait, so you drink a vanilla black coffee? Yeah, I'll show you. Oh, where is it? It's here. Getting it. Oh my god. This one. Is it? Oh wow. Oh, it's a little pod machine. It's so good. It's super cute. So that's my jam. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Steph just started a job at a, um, <laughs> at a coffee roastery, Supreme yeah. Coffee. So oh, we're so like cool. just leveled up in coffee yeah. addiction. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> that's like the best in the country. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do they do capsules? No, but I feel like it's something that they should do or might. 
Yeah, I'll talk to them. Yeah. 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 Just we'll say, save you some just coffee, say don't Thea wants Tetchel. You can do a crossover. Thea, Thea <laughs> Supreme <laughs> crossover. We could have our official kick-ons launch party that we've been talking about for 20 episodes and you can perform and Supreme can sponsor it and it could be the launch. Oh my God. Yes, Let's I love it. that. Okay, cool. Great. <laughs> So tell us about where you are. You're in Auckland. Yeah, I am. Or Christchurch. Auckland. Yeah. yeah. I'm in Auckland. Uh, I've been here since the lockdown. Before that, I was in LA. Loving it. It's so cute there. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel very happy in LA because everyone doesn't give a shit if you're, like, weird or out there. They're just, like, so hustling, like, and doing their own thing that, like, you can be, like, as crazy as you want and people just don't care. So I love it there. I love it. How long long had you been there before you came back, had to come back? Well, it was meant to be for two months and I was only there one month and then, obviously, like, the borders started shutting, so I had to kind of, like, scoot back really quickly. Um, But we managed to get the video done. It was celebrity, so I was very glad for that. We did it in, like, two days and then just had to, like, run to the airport. Yeah, because you released that in, like, May and – was that right? In May of this year? So crazy. I know. I can't even remember. It was during lockdown. I remember being like, how the fuck did you make this happen? Yeah. I think it was May. You're right. Because I flew back in, uh, I think we filmed it in April. Yeah. No, that's it. I filmed it in April and then literally like the 21st and 22nd, I think. And then um, just flew back to Auckland and then, like, by that, that stage, Auckland was in, like, the lockdown and everything. But LA had been in lockdown for, like, two weeks as well. So it was, like, double. It was just crazy. Dude, it's so crazy. It's, it's like the apocalypse, like, in, in LA. It was nuts. Like, like no anything everywhere. Like, it was so crazy. Wow. After se- And, like, knowing what it is like usually and seeing it like that must be wild. But also, was it easy? Is it just easy to make a video when you're in L.A.? Because you could, there's just so many people you can pull on. Like, you can be like, we're doing this tomorrow and we're doing it in two days and it can just happen? Pretty much. Like, L.A. is truly, it's the city of hustlers, you know? Like, everyone's yeah. there because they're chasing something, right? So it's quite... Uh, there's so many people who are so good at their craft, which is why they're there. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. it's like the Nashville, you know, for, you know how Nashville mm. like country music. So you get the best country music in the world is there. Like even people who just aren't even famous, just trying to hustle. It's kind of like that in LA. So it's like so easy to get people on board because everyone just really wants to be a part of something special, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. Speaking yeah. of hustling, you have been like a, the hardest working woman in quarantine, I feel like. <laughs> you've been doing so many like things online. Obviously, you've released all the mixtape. A video. Yeah. Have you felt creative through this time? Or like how have you kind of made yourself work this hard when it would be very easy to yeah. kind of... I mean, chill? first of all, thank you. And secondly... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been almost more busy in quarantine than it has been, like, before that. So I feel like um, I'm such an introvert. Like, I really do not like um, being out in the real world. I'd much prefer just being in, like, a studio and stuff. So I work really well when... um, yeah, like when kind of yeah, um, forced to <laughs> lock down and be alone. Like it was paradise for me. It was real funny. Like because um, so many people. Like when I went, like the first thing I did when I got out of quarantine, I'm sure like everyone else, um, was get my hair cut. And the lady was like, "Oh, so how did you find it in quarantine?" Oh, and I was like, "I loved it." And she's like, "Wow," <laughs> she's like. <laughs> me, t- me too. I am an introvert, but like everyone expects me to like pretend like I'm not. I was like, yeah, yeah. no, I loved it. I found it really, really easy. It was quite comforting, like not having um, that the need to like be somewhere all the time, which is like really distracting and means you can't really, really focus. So I kind of just threw myself yeah. into it, and it's been fab. Like I've made so many like friends through all the Zoom shows and like collaborating on things on distance, and it's just 
incredible. It's kind of just brought like, um, I think the, well, the Western world, like closer together in a way. Mm, totally thank god for the internet honestly yeah oh my gosh totally <laughs> <laughs> we would be screwed without how able... have you found like collaborating online instead of being in studios with people it's really different because of course like when you're in a studio you get that like automatic like immediate face-to-face reaction and you can work through things really quick like if there's one thing you want to change like straight away you just change it whereas obviously like long distance and stuff like collaborating not many people want to actually work over zoom um so usually it's like a zoom meeting to meet and then everything's done over email because I think most yeah like most creatives just like to be like in their own space and stuff so it's it's different because it's kind of longer because you have to like do everything at your end and then send it to them and then wait for like their response and they'll send something back and then you'll be like, Oh, I don't want this. And so you have to like send your tweaks and it's literally like, it takes longer, but it's just, it's just different. How are you finding the time zones? Cause like, obviously you're working with a lot of people from LA and overseas. Yeah. And we're like, literally on the other side of the world (laughs) yeah well is that difficult it's actually very good for me personally because um although like a lot of my gigs are really late at night like in terms of like in real life gigs I honestly much prefer to do stuff during the day and it works out perfectly like yesterday for example I did a show with Corey Liner and like all these really cool cats out of like LA and stuff and I was on at 10 p.m um PST except it was only 2 p.m uh Auckland so it's really really good it means that I'm not like fried or anything you know yeah that is good and you've got the rest of the night to chill and watch Netflix exactly (laughs) it's so good it's really good yeah both times I've seen you live have actually been like middle of the day performances. Yeah, so it's so nice true. to hear that we're getting you at your peak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, then it gets to the we- nighttime and like, um, unless I'm like being real turned, then I just, I definitely prefer to um, do it like during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we were, I was just going to give context. We went to R and V for the first time this year, a maiden voyage last year. Yeah. And Thea was on at like two and we were like, we have to be there for two. We're like driving from Gisborne really fast. Literally like covering drinks. ourselves in glitter yeah. in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and got there and it was gorgeous because it was such a beautiful day and we just like danced in a circle and it was amazing. five of us I feel like we had so much space that was such a good time to play because I'm someone who likes to like willow tree around while I'm dancing (laughs) and there was it was just before like too many people got packed in god I'm like sounding so old (laughs) but such a cool show and like with your live gig do you love doing live gigs or do you prefer uh being in the studio studio (laughs) Um, Uh. it's the the live thing's been something I've just had to like kind of learn to start to love because um honestly like my anxiety is like next level like I'm not even kidding it'll like affect me the whole day before and like um you know I just I just freak out like won't want to talk to anyone like before any gigs I'll like you know sometimes like if it's really really bad like puke and like everything like that like it's honestly something I've really had to try and um like psychologically just learn to love and realize that um you know it's an opportunity to like share my music and that people come along who really love it and it's like a safe space and stuff like that you know it's it's definitely like just it's, it's weird. Like it sounds so weird because, you know, people would be like, well, you've chosen this career and like you're called a singer. So why don't you just, you know, whatever. But it's, it's just totally different to like being in the studio, which is really safe and, you know, just making music and then just making visuals, then having to like bear yourself in front of people. And 
yeah, it's just different. Not, not have control over the situation, I guess. Yeah. I like, guess that lack of control and you, yeah. Well, kind of unknown. just vulnerability and being like out in front of all of these people when mm. like, you know, if you're like a person who doesn't like being around lots of people, that's like literally it. But yeah, literally. I would say As now. As a fan, I really appreciate that you do, um, do live gigs because if mm. like if anyone gets a chance to go to one of Thea's gigs it's fucking special it's really yeah. cool oh, um, and like I would never notice that you're like literally about to vomit at any stage well um yeah like I well I pretty much I would say that the first the first two songs are like where I'm really trying to like it's like get it together girl get it together <laughs> and, and then after that like it's also when I can kind of gauge the audience and then after that I feel like the rest of it is you know breeze it's literally like leading up to it and getting on stage and doing like the first couple of songs that mm. like um is the most scary part of it and then when you like know that it's gonna be fine and or that they're like really engaged or whatever it's cool but it's like that every single time it's like you'd think when you've done wow. enough you would get used to it and be like oh whatever like not even really care but every single time I'm like freaking out but my favorite gigs are the tiny ones like the really intimate ones um like there's a a gig up, uh sorry a venue up here in Auckland called Whammy and so um that's like my absolute fave I've got a gig there actually like that I can't. yeah I just saw that uh, yeah in September and it's like me and and um some of my amazing underground friends in Auckland Fun. what's the vibe of a whammy show for you like what what can people expect it's just honestly it's just super super turned um like kind of lose your shit in like a nice <laughs> little environment space. yeah exactly and um you could just it's so good because you could just feel like it, the bass and everything just hits you like it just totally mm. hits you. so dark and grungy and it smells like just beer and alcohol everywhere all over the floor and it's just it's really cool fun is it like a bar or is it just like a venue that it's a dive bar like American dive bar kind of vibe so there's like go. machines and like route 66 signs and it's it's really good yeah because you played mardi gras in sydney i did oh my gosh it was How like was one of the coolest things i've done see that was a good time that was really good yeah and um we used to live in sydney so we frequented oh, did you? Mardi, been to gras. A few mardi gras yeah, yeah. oh my god <laughs> wow so you've been to quite a few Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and we'd but we'd always go to the like um little rave parties instead of like the actual big parties that mm. they had. Nice. Um, so I never went to the one I think because you played with um Dorian Electra, right? Yes! Oh my gosh, I did. Oh, how was that? They, <laughs> they are, are like so cool. Like they're next so cool. Level. Like um, they look like a rock star, like Joan Jett or something. Yeah, they're here. Their their whole aesthetic is just like the future. Yeah, like, where where have you come from? Yeah, it is, and like the graphics, and I think they had like dances, and it was honestly amazing. It was so cool, and the um, it was like a really dope kind of setup as well because there was like the party that um me and dorian played like inside and that was like the big party or whatever um like in the main room and then there was like one outside as well and just all these different ones but they're all um run by heapscape which is so cool like they're really dope yeah um, yeah yeah cool how do you get involved in something like that like who hooks that up for you You're they, the just, they just ask like um most of these things i just get asked to do uh, like over instagram um which i think is really cool i think instagram's like the place that's like hooking us all up with stuff and call because yeah. <laughs> people get to like see you know it's like the new LinkedIn because you get to see like what someone's like and their pics and their like, you know, performances just on their profile. And if you dig that, then you just message. So, um, yeah, that's what's been so cool. Like, and most of the zoom gigs or the Twitch shows that I've been getting booked on are pretty much like people just find me from Instagram or because they've seen me on another show. Um, 
yeah it's so it's it's quite cool it's like you know you don't have to go through all these different people they just come to you if they really feel it yeah you're really engaged on social media is that like a massive part of your day chatting with your fans and like fellow artists because yeah. you, it, yeah you're super active you're responding to people in the comments or like asking questions of your followers fans yeah is that something important to you it is because so, you know yeah. it, it's quite it's kind of cliche but it's like well without fans and without people who like love me and support what I do then I just oh I just turned my dishwasher on with my foot hang on just turning it off <laughs> um, yeah you know like without without my fans and without people who um who love me and uh, I love them I'm just have I, I'm just making really cool music but for no one you know so they they mean yeah. well to me and I just really you know gives me such like a feeling of uh I don't know like appreciation and humility whenever I see anyone engaging because it just it's like for them to give me the time of day is really cool so I in turn love to give that back because it just yeah it kind of rocks my world I'm like oh wow any person that really loves what I do and what I've spent you know like um a lot of time trying to craft is just really cool yeah, where That's did so it, cool. where did all this come yes, from? Like, the take us back to Christchurch. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I don't fully remember like when I was really little and stuff, but I do know that um, you know I really struggled like at school and um, just all the time, like just with kind of just being like on the outside and whether it was like being bullied or just not feeling like a fit in or whatever. And so like I would write down all of my like feelings onto like a notepad and keep it by my bed at night and stuff. And so that's kind of like, and I turn them into poems and then eventually like, it's kind of crazy because it's like none of my parents are like, like neither of them are really any more musical than the next person. Like, so not really musical, but appreciate music. And um, yeah. And I was like coming up with little like songs and, and everything. And that was when, you know, I was in primary school and then I suppose like, I appreciated music a lot. Like I just, you know, I would like die for Atomic Kitten and like Britney. Oh my God, me like too. That. Like that was, you know, so Obsessed. good. And then like I The watched... Top of the Pops performance, oh, like of Hole Again is like something that like brought me into pop culture. I was so obsessed wow. with yeah, that's yeah. that's hot. And like S Club Seven and all that too, huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just say that, you know, like I, I started watching like the docos and stuff on them when I'd like want to learn like their dances or whatever. And then that's what made me like click that you could actually do that as like a job. But like I'd never mm. I'd never you know, it's like you get given something, but you never click that, oh, you can actually like do that. So yeah. And then pretty much just when I um was in maybe year 11, I just started to like write more songs, still being like, oh gosh, like I'd love to do this, but like whatever, just like writing songs. And then pretty much when I exited high school, I just um, started like getting in the studio, like in friends studios and Christchurch and stuff and just like coming up with demos. And then I started like, you know, you want to do something, you just hustle. Then I just started um, pitching, like sending my demos to uh, radio stations and it started getting played on studio radio. And then um, it just kind of went from there. And um, that's how I like, I guess, got in the scene. Very awesome to hear. Yeah. And were you always working as Thea? Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Great. Well, when I, oh, sorry. I know what you mean. So when I first started, I um, chose the name Plum after my favorite Vogue editor, Plum Sykes. She's cool. And, um, (laughs) and then, but it was kind of like, it wasn't like a piss take, but it was like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew I kind of had to like pick a name and whilst I was trying to make my music and stuff. And so um, it was like very early days and I actually only released like one song under Plum. And then I was like, oh, nah, like I need to rethink, you know, because that song started to get attention. It was called Wonderland. And it like when it started to like 
get, you know, plays and kind of get noticed and stuff, I realized like that I probably needed to double check whether I was really happy with that and whether that would be like my vibe going forward and stuff. And then that's what made me just like rethink a little and then I just um, found Thea. So that's it. And it's been like ever since. Yeah, because I think, like, the name, you want it to be something that people talk about. Like, mm. oh, they look at it and they're like, oh, how do you say that? Or, like, exactly. where does that come from? And it, like, gets them thinking. Yeah. So cool. Thank and you. And so then, then through to Rome, tell us about that process, because that song really did, like, blow up. And, you know, when I talk to people about you and they're like, who's there? I sing Rome. And they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> yes. I how was that? It was, that was, uh, like, I have, like, mixed feelings about it because that was, like, the first kind of proper song I released as Thea, and the fact that it just blew up and I was just so, like, I just was so clueless. Like, I just had to learn so much. So it's, like, the feelings make me, yeah, kind of, like, I feel, like, a little lost when I think about it just because I remember, like, when I was just so fresh, like, I'd never performed before. I'd never, like, just done anything before. And then Rome, like, just out of the blue, just literally, like, blew up. And then I had to, like, just kind of find my feet so quickly. And that was, like, quite traumatic, like, in all honesty. So it's like, wow, really, really cool. So blessed because it's kind of what got me the following and the attention that I now am able to like do my own thing and stuff like that. But yeah, it was just full on. Like normally like you start releasing music and it just kind of coasts like this. And then you might eventually have like a, a, a big single, but it literally went like this. And that was just so crazy. So that's the honest truth is that I just felt like it, like a stunned, awesome or whatever like the whole like for like two years I was just like just trying to function I don't know how I would have done it without um my team I would say and then you like slowly start to like meet other people um like other artists and then you realize that everyone goes through like a very similar kind of thing which is really cool it's really special to know whereas if you're kind of anyone else that's not an artist you know anyone I don't know, like in the record labels or whatever, it's just not the same. I mean, no one really understands. And that's what can be so full on and so lonely and isolating. But I think as you like journey, um, you really start to notice like how many people have gone through the same thing. And there's Mm. a lot of like, um, yeah, like camaraderie or whatever through that. Yeah. Which is really cool. So did that feeling like push you to decide to go independent, which congratulations, that's fucking amazing. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Well, And you're releasing your best music, in my personal opinion, on your independent (laughs) Thank you. I feel that too. I absolutely feel that. Um, I, I decided to leave the label pretty much when... Like, the music I was making, like, literally this new music, um, yeah, they just didn't like it, and um, that is pretty much because it's not, like, uh, seen as, like, top 40 material, and obviously the main motivation (sighs) for a label is to produce hits. So that was pretty much, you know, I just felt like I really wanted to go my own way and, and just literally just make music that I just so loved and that just, like, you know, pushes stuff and just yeah just really just totally be myself and just um let loose and go crazy so it just you know it was just a very very obvious thing to do um and we did it and at first it was like to be honest the first couple of days were like a really bad breakup like I it was almost like this traumatic event where you're like you're like, yeah, I want to leave. And then it's like, fuck you. And then you leave. And then you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, like, um, it's like, no, no, I didn't mean it. Like that kind of thing. And, um, and then after like a couple of days, um, I just really got settled and was like, Hey, you know, yeah, like it's okay. And I, I, this is my time, you know, I'm, I'm honestly like, um, with no ill intent at all, I'm very, very grateful for having been supported by a label for the first two records that I released because, you know, it's just 
it's the reality. Like I was very privileged to have had um, all my music released through them to have had like just all of the kind of services and distribution that labels offer, which can be really tough to do if you don't have that um, resource or that money like independently, you know, that's why a lot of people I suppose go to labels because they are kind of like a big machine. So I was very grateful for it, but now I feel like, um, you know, I just want to make the music that I'm into, which isn't necessarily um, top 40 isn't necessarily like big, huge hits, but really goes off in the club. And that's what makes me feel like authentically me, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it shows, it sounds like you, it, like in your 99% Angel EP, it like f- sounds like, oh yeah, she's, she's arrived. Yeah. yeah. She's here and she has something to say. I feel like the first EP, Thea, um, had that very like broods, um, uh, New Zealand sound. Did you work with some of the producers uh, who work with them? And now you you sound more like the future of pop music, you know, like yeah. this is the direction we're going in. Um, I did not. I worked with people who didn't work with them, but are in like a similar world, like that electro pop kind of world. Mm. Um, so there's, you can definitely hear like those kind of, um, vibes through, I would say like in the production kind of aspects. Um, and then, yeah, I would like say that it's just a lot more ethereal and a lot kind of softer that early music. Mind you, there were definitely like my favorite songs, Champagne Supernova and everything was so heartbreaking and really really sad so it's not as if they're like all like happy-go-lucky songs like they're definitely full of like um emotional depth and stuff but for sure like completely different sonically I would say like you know from that really soft ethereal like dreamy vibe to Mm. now which is very like um I mean the only bit of etherealness might be just from like my vocal or whatever, like everything is like Mm. very industrial and very like just um, almost that whole like uh, VR bright, Mm. clean, uh, metallic, like that kind of vibe. So, and you know, that just comes from me just wanting to experiment and try all these like new sounds that I've never tried before and like making kind of like our own samples. I I guess like through random things, like we've used like cheetah growls and we've used like gunshots and breaking glass and knives and stuff like that. So it's just a whole new, you know, I think it just shows more like my maturity as an artist. Um, as in when you just start to grow in that confidence so that you are across every single thing as opposed to, um, maybe just like the writing and stuff, you know? Yeah. More that confidence and and, like uh, ability to experiment. And, um, whereas I feel like first when I was starting out and learning, like in the first EP, like the theory EP, I would say that I was just, you know, really scared and I didn't really know, like I knew how to write a song, but I was just very like anxious, new, didn't know what the boundaries were, what I could have the say on, what I couldn't. So it was just a lot more like, um, yeah, I just wasn't as like free, I suppose. So going into your second EP, Not Your Princess, did you feel, it sounds like, the Not Your Princess EP was the perfect in-between between the the three EPs mm. because it sounds like you're just beginning to be like, oh, I can push it a little bit further uh, with ly- lyrically and sonically. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's honestly, that's that's very astute. I mean, I would say that that's pretty much it. Like when I hit uh, Candy and not your princess and bye-bye that was like I was like I've got it this is it this is what I want to do like this is what I've always felt like I wanted to do like I was just so happy and um yeah that that's pretty much the start of um what you hear now I would say yeah I um bad idea especially on that album is like something that I think is really amazing the, the way that you sing about 
uh, yourself? Uh, like, is like, is it self harm? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of makes you kind of want to dance, though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and that, I love that. That was deliberate. You know, I just thought like I didn't want to write a song that would that was about already really, really heavy stuff and then put to even more like heavy production, which would just, you know, be unbearable. Like wouldn't even be able to listen to it or anything. And so um, I kind of, yeah, thought how cool would it be if I could write something that um, has kind of that aspect of hope to it, you know, where, Mm. yeah, the, the verses and the content is definitely like, quite heavy but that yeah exactly like you said that you can dance to and that just gives you that kind of feeling it's it there is a little way out you know how do you feel like when you write a song that is quite vulnerable like that about releasing it out to the world honestly I didn't even want to release it and the truth is I have only performed it once I just can't perform it, it, it I just yeah. can't. it's too heavy and I struggle to even listen to it so I kind of just released it and it's more I suppose a gift for others that are struggling with mental health um for them to listen to because I just I can't even listen to it that's like the truth oh wow. yeah yeah, oh, I'm listening to it. It's a banger. Yeah. Go ahead and listen to it yourself <laughs> if you're listening to this. <laughs> where, does, where does the process, do you have a process when you're writing, creating? Is it there somewhere that you always start or well, is it different every time? It kind of is different every time. Like I have all these notes on my phone, like just notes after notes of things that, you know, if I've got like a train of thought or whatever, I'll like hardcore, like write about that. And then sometimes I'll have like a prod idea. And then other times I might just have like um, a melody or something, which I've also got loads of voice memos on. So they kind of all just sit there. And then when I am ready to write a song, if I haven't already got something, I'll like look through that and somehow they'll, join together or I'll just start from one thing. So I might be like, okay, I'll just start from like, for instance, 99% angel. I was like, I'm going to write a song called 99% angel. It's going to be about being like, (laughs) uh, you know, not being confined to being like holy good or holy, like a bad, like a slut or whatever. It's going to be that, you know, I have the freedom to be both. So it pretty much just goes like that. I kind of just, it starts with like an idea or prod or a lyric or a melody um yeah that's kind of different every time no but that's fun and then when you are collaborating with other people is that that must be super inspiring to kind of have them bring something and you bring something and it just all kind of fizz and happen together yeah exactly it's something I feel like you have to kind of learn almost a bit like learning how to socialize you have to learn how to like collaborate Mm. together because um you know it's yeah, it's like this give and take of, um, and also like learning to be kind of vulnerable and stuff. Cause I don't believe that you can get the best out of someone if they're not willing to like open up or anything. So it's definitely was, you know, me learning how to be like vulnerable. And then also, um, when you find someone that kind of, yeah, like just like accept you or knows um, like when to uh, stand back a bit or when to get more involved. It's definitely like almost like dating in a way and stuff. And, you know, some people you really vibe with and some people you just don't. And that doesn't mean that um, they're not good or anything. It just means like you just don't, you know, the chemistry just isn't there or something. But when you get it, it's honestly magic. And um like with Quinn, the dude that I did the mixtape with and stuff, it was just so quick and so easy. Like it was amazing. It was like so the cool. easiest body of work I've like ever made. Um, not in terms of like, um, how do I say this? It was more like it just came together so well and so naturally and stuff. It doesn't mean that I didn't put effort into it because it's like that I would say it's like the hardest, like I've, never put any more kind of care or effort into it but it just was so easy like so inspiring to make 
That's so cool. So how did you feel then about like sending your songs off um, for the remix album to be like, hey guys, these are like my babies. Well, them and do something. I kind of like, I'd already, apart from Magic J, who I'd never met, he's like a New Zealand legend. I had like pretty much chosen like every single person. Like I, Gilda was like my new friend from like all the Zoom parties. I knew she was amazing. Um, oh boy is like one of my like musical besties. I love him. He's great. Benofi, um, I'd always wanted to work with um, and then just kind of sent the song to like them and was like, hey, um, you know, would you be keen and stuff? So I, I would say that like I because I just admire them so much and I respect their work and them as an artist, I had like no qualms. It was more excitement to see what they would do with um, cool. the song. And then with um, Magic J, I just, I did not know his work or anything. And so then um, when he sent back Frat Boys, I was so like impressed and surprised. Like it honestly sounds like um, he's English. So you can hear that it really does sound like a grungy UK cup. And then when I heard Girl Dolls one, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was so excited. Like, it was just so cool and really trappy. And then Oh Boys one is, like, next, next, next level jersey. Yeah, that's my favorite so far, honestly. Oh, my gosh. Fucking track. It's nuts, eh? It's so nuts. Um, And then, of course, there's the Benoffi one to come, which is really, really cool. So that's coming in two weeks as well. Um, That's so exciting. Yeah. So pretty much. It's like, I feel like, you know, had I not gotten to choose, which – would be like not right I would be really scared and upset but because I like just so love and respect the artists I had no no issues I was more just really pumped to hear what they had created and interpreted like the song as you know that's so cool so cool do you who are some of your influences that you just like love and have really inspired you in your creating um I would say I mean, there's probably heaps but yeah there's so many but I would say like um Azalea Banks Britney Spears and I just adore Teddy Sinclair who's um used to yes. be yeah. um, have her- you worked with them yes I have yeah oh how was that yeah. I, I like honestly Natalia Kills is like one of my favorite artists as yeah well. she's honestly one of the coolest people i've ever met she's next level um what did you guys do together so amazing it's an unreleased track that i'm picking the time when i want to like oh my god okay. like, <laughs> I, I just want it to be the right time so it's staying in my little kit there of um songs until i'm ready but um it was honestly yeah it was definitely one of the coolest like things I've ever done getting to meet her and she's working on like the she worked on the last Rihanna song of course because she got the Grammy for um uh I'm trying to think what song it was I forgot what song it was but Um, but she got a Grammy uh, off Auntie yeah off Auntie was it no no was the other one that she did two on there but um she's working on like the next album um yeah she's just incredible so for sure like I would say like her production and like the high like the hypersexuality and those kind of aspects and then for Britney like you know kind of like a similar thing and then in terms of writing um I just I guess I really love people like Alanis Morissette, uh, Fiona mm. Apple, uh, Peaches, mm. like um, everyone who, uh, Sinead O'Connor, everyone, Stevie Nicks, people who like really uh, push the boundaries of, I guess, storytelling and feminism. And now there's, yeah, and there's so much vulnerability in all of the, their writing. It's like yeah. their hearts on the page. Yeah, exactly. So what, so you can't tell us about your Teddy Sinclair one, but what can you tell us about? <laughs> what you got coming up? I have. I'm so, so pumped. So I've got, like, um, a song that I've been performing live that always goes down so well, and that's going to be coming out, like, in 
October-ish, like a Halloween kind of vibe. And then um, I'm really, really excited because, um, as you know, um, I'm Māori from Waikato Tainui and also um, just really impassionate about kind of language revitalization and writing in te reo as well. So I'm, um, it's not been announced yet, but I have begun a project that is a reo Māori project. So all of my songs um, that I release uh, will be in te reo for that project and kind of just like a Amazing. um you know like I guess my grandma and that traditional kind of style of writing and it's a little different to like modern um te reo songs because um it just uses a lot of metaphor and um traditional like pepeha and whakatauki which are like um proverbs and uh things like that so it's wow. very different but just so beautiful kind of very similar to the one that i released at christmas time so it's yeah, yeah i'm very excited about that and then just new music beyond that as well um that i'm literally just trying to work on uh finishing so there is stuff until like the new year that's so cool see like being an independent artist it's cool that you can do stuff like that because like Mm. the world needs to hear an album in today like how fucking special is that to new zealand yeah and also the world it's quite amazing like a lot of um when you know first i kind of thought well it's definitely mostly for New Zealand because obviously that's where, um, apart from Australia, where most Māori are. And obviously in Australia, a lot of Māori really connect with and, and just want to be kind of brought closer back to their roots and back to home. Um, but it's been really cool. Like after releasing, again, the Kaifakoro Tao, there were so many people like, from overseas and particularly like the Latinx community and stuff who are so like respectful and into indigenous music, which is really cool. So I'm beginning to see that it's appreciated um, a lot further than just Aotearoa, you know, which is really amazing. Um, Especially with this whole, you know, kind of resurgence of, and I guess more of like a, anti-racist uh, appreciation mm-hmm. for indigenous people yeah. in art so it's it's definitely starting to like um filter beyond the mainstream yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah that's it is so important and i feel like a lot of people our age are really hungry for that and really want to hear it and like mm-hmm. be a part of of all of that and so I think it's like super exciting that you're doing that and um, like long may it continue and I hope more people like I saw that um like the Drax Project and all those bands that released that I think it was an album together all in Tereo doing a concert I think at Auckland Town Hall soon and all that kind of stuff like I just think it's yeah and it's, it's not like it's really a new thing like um Latin artists they'll do an English yeah. album and then they'll do a a Spanish language album like and then they'll go back to English then they'll you know so it's cool that you get to being uh, a New Zealander you can do that too and today yeah uh, absolutely seems yeah. like a little bit uncharted yeah yeah it's pretty much you know um, it's about trying to uh, I suppose what's the word bring it kind of into the mainstream take away like any kind of taboos or whatever and just yeah try and um I suppose normalize the use of te reo um which I think is being seen like kind of um in general I would say white New Zealand's trying to step up like a lot more which is really good I mean you see how like um um much effort that like Jacinda for example puts into her um addresses and trying to you know obviously um make sure that she's pronouncing correctly and even like um one of my favorite things that I'm really happy with is that so do you I don't know if you know it but there's this station called Hodaki and um Mm. they're like rock but up until seriously two years ago um it would always be Oh, I hate even doing it, but Haraki and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Tags and stuff. And so it's just really nice to see those being replaced correctly. Um, and it's kind of like, I suppose, in its own way, like uh, decolonization. Because, of course, colonization when, you know, you choose not to uh, pronounce things correctly, uh, which in turn, you know, obviously um, 
shows that you you don't give that uh, respect to the uh, sikanga and the language. So it's really beautiful seeing those little things. I mean, that's just changing like everything because of course, like um, a lot of the people that listen to those channels are probably like our parents' age. And um, so for them to hear that is really important, you know. Totally. Absolutely. What does your summer look like now? Like, I guess you were probably heavily booked in towards uh, like festivals through New Zealand and Australia. Is that looking a lot different than it was? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really like anxious about, uh, cause I've got this gig that I'm really wanting to like do um, in Australia for January, but I just don't know what's going to happen with the borders and everything. Um, you know, whether it'll be like safe or okay to go there. So um, I'm, kind of crossing my fingers for that but understand that if it doesn't happen you know that's like well it's just gotta it's gotta be like that but um yeah that was kind of like my first gigs that I was gonna have in Australia as well so I was like really excited apart from Heapscape but I'm talking about like actual kind of festivals and stuff so yeah uh, we'll see but I'm doing like you know um Northern Base and uh New Zealand which will be really fun looking forward to that and so I guess yeah I'm just going to, like, see what happens about um, Australia. Yeah. yeah. I saw your tracks are coming up on um, Triple J Unearthed. So, yes. Like, yeah. Australia's listening, which yeah. is so cool. Australia's giving the love. Like, it's, you know, it's really, um, really amazing and kind of funny that um, I went independent for this record thinking that it wouldn't get played on radio, but it's getting, like, so much radio play. <laughs> it's incredible. So um, that's been really... Yeah, it's kind of been exactly what I needed. And what's so cool is that um, something that I didn't think would get picked up by the mainstream is absolutely being picked up by the mainstream. And I think that's just like more indicative of the times because I didn't think it would get picked up because Kitty Cat's about slut shaming. Yeah, that's getting blasted all over the radio. And, um, <laughs> you know, like the whole the whole EP that is like frat boys is obviously about like the idea of frat boys and just like misogyny and like dudes um and then celebrities pretty much just like a critique on the my experience in the record industry and stuff and um, it's like wow for these songs to get radio play is just incredible I guess like if you've had people like if you gave this 99% angel to your your old record label and they were like no thank you you already have that in your mind that it's not gonna play because you've had people tell you it's not going to so like to go mm. ahead and do it by yourself that's fucking inspiring Very yeah it was so and many I people know. like so many people and so many radio uh people and just you know just other people in the industry like we got so many people just seriously say no or just kind of like a laugh or just go this is are you kidding like this kind of thing and so for it to have its space and even like, you know, I've never performed so many gigs before, like on, you know, Zoom that are like from LA, Chicago, um, all of these things. It's just profound. So I think that what I honestly thought I was like done um, and it's just turned out to be this whole entire new journey that is just, uh, it makes me, it makes me really, really proud. And, um, you know, I still struggle though. Like, you know, it's still kind of crazy being independent when you don't have like a label and you just, you know, you have your team and then that's effectively it, you know, sometimes it is really hard and you feel like, Oh gosh, what are we doing? Like, you know, it just means that my team is doing everything that a label would normally do, which they have, they have dozens of people working at a label and we've just got our small team. So it's a lot of work, but it's also really uh, special as well. It's so special because you're in control, like with the help Mm -hmm. of a few others. Yeah. Yeah. You, you make the decisions you can, yeah, feel within yourself. Like, is this the right thing? Yes. Okay. We're going to do it or no, thank you. Yeah. And at the, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to be able to turn around and be like, I freaking did that. Yeah. I feel so good about it. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I feel when I like, when I look at the, um, when I look at the art, when I hear the songs, like, it's just so special. It's really, really cool. And like, even um, as well, your styling is so amazing. Like who does that? Is that for you too? Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, that's one thing that I've 
always throughout it all had a strong grip on like um even uh you know when I did I'm just trying to think like all the way back from the first record when I did treat you and then when I did bye bye like I just um chose those uh artists from the um young designers at fashion week and stuff so I've always kind of like had a strong eye for what I think that I really like but then it's definitely just gone that much more like crazy now that you know I guess I've been let loose in a way so yeah I, I pretty much just um come up with everything in my mind and uh have like you know I sketched like those two long plats I sketched like uh, last year in like um March or something and then um just yeah, literally everything. And then I'll like get a stylist, send mood boards, uh, send what I want. And then either like uh, for this lot of art, like for example, um, there's the frat boys art, which is me wearing like the Jimmy D top and the Jimmy D pants. And I pretty much just went there yes, to, D. yeah, to like James myself. And then we just sorted it out, like literally in his showroom. And then, um, we just brought that like ourselves. And then I had um, the pants that you see in Kitty Cat, which are like the um, like kind of rip LV, like Louis Vuitton pants that you see in the Kitty Cat ones. That was like an amazing designer Jade. And I like chose the fabric and then she made them. And then the stylist who we got on board, Al knows who's amazing. She brought along the little butterfly clips. She brought along the chain and like the accessories. And then also the jacket that um, I'm wearing the pink jacket as well. So it was pretty much like a cool time where she brought along stuff. I brought along stuff and then we kind of freestyled it there and then incorporated different things and stuff. And then it was literally, yeah, it's kind of like the, the true essence of collaboration. I love that because like fashion and music do go so hand in hand. And I think we are so lucky in New Zealand, like the fashion, I love New Zealand fashion. And I think there's like everyone kind of, there's room for everyone and there's a lot of different vibes and and aesthetics. And yeah, that's so cool that you can see the clothes, you know, the music, you know, and I'm sure you just kind of all see it coming in your head and you're like, yes, this is it. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, um, like I was so insistent that this is like what I wanted. And then, but there's still that moment where you're like putting on like, Oh yeah, it's going to be great. And then you're like, crap, like what if it like absolutely fails because you've obviously like put the money and the time into doing these like shoots and everything. And then, so then when you see the pics and it looks really cool, you're like, Oh, thank the Lord. Like it's, it's all good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really I good. Love all the color. Thank so you. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Bright, bold color. It's just and like the ninety nine percent angel cover, like, is so impactful. I oh, like. Thank you. Like, look at yeah. it. I'm like, oh my god, it's gorgeous, and you want to listen to it. You're like, what is this? Oh my gosh! That's thank a you. Of pop music. That's really yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, even all so, that, all those graphics are done long distance with my friend Pim, who's in Amsterdam. So we literally, like, the entire thing, apart from the photos that were shot in New Zealand, everything else is done all um, overseas, yeah. collaborating through Instagram. We just work through Insta and just send. That is so cool. Vendors back and forward and stuff. It must be so fun to just, like, get your friends on board, you know, and be like, hey, do you want to come do this with me? It must make that really special and easy, easy because you know them. It's like, you know, I don't know, it just brings it into being like everyone's baby and it's just, Mm. yeah, it's really cool to talk about this because I haven't really spoken about it, I guess, because most of the interviews are like wholly about the music obviously. But yeah, it's really nice to kind of have the space and talk about um, this process because yeah, it definitely involves, you know, so many people and that's, what's just so special. Um, And the fact that I kind of just try and use like pretty much everyone who I use, I found on Instagram, you know, I found the photographer Francis who also did the bye-bye stuff. I found her on Instagram I found oh, Pim, the um, dude that's done all of the graphics and stuff. He got recommended to me by a fan, which is really cool. Um, a fan who oh. sent him to me like 
last year before I'd even made this music. And I saw that and I went, oh my gosh, I got to make some music to suit that. And then we came up with um, <laughs> uh, ideas, you know, everything. It's, it's just all done through. Like, I'm just like, I cannot praise Instagram enough. I love it. My favorite yeah. platform. And I pretty much just everything I'm doing right now is literally just solely through Instagram. I know. All the others are done. Facebook, no. Done. Yeah. And like, you can go live, you can... Yeah. You, there's so much you can do. Kind of just different, um, I guess, different reasons for them. Like Facebook, uh, like I'm active on Instagram, right? But Facebook is like where my managers will post mm. news because Facebook is what most record people, like the, the business people kind of look at. So you don't really put like your you don't really put your fashion-y stuff on Facebook as such. It's more like a what do you call it it's like a cv of like the mm. article you're in and stuff like that so that's, yeah. like, that's and also what, events exactly yeah that's what uh, the only thing i love about facebook is events yeah true like well i like yeah, now, i can like, that you got gigs coming up is that join a thing where all your stories appear on facebook um which is really good so i'm happy about that because um i don't have to like personally upload them onto facebook as well it just comes straight from instagram yeah, love it, love it. We love 2020. <laughs> kind of, of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we would love you to add, oh, we need to do a mantra. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. 2001 to 2008, there ain't a song that we hate. Thea, please add a song from 2001 to 2008 that you want to just reminisce on. Give okay. it to us. I have two though, but um, they're oh, great, great. They're both from my main bitch, Brittany. So I've got Womanizer from Amazing. 2008 and Toxic from 2003. Yes. Uh, oh. I love Brittany so, so, so much. Yeah. Womanizer, honestly, Womanizer's when so that good. came back, like, because that was almost like a comeback single for her. It went yeah. straight to number one. Everyone was like, Brittany is fully back. She has fully realized and it changed the sound, the like direction of pop music from then on. And I feel like Britney Spears has done that a few times. Absolutely. She's like, I know she's not underrated, but like she's underrated. She is kind of underrated because, well, maybe it's just because time has passed, you know? Well, because you forget and you just think about well, her as like Instagram. Yeah. I love her music though. And Toxic is so good. The yeah. video clip. I think oh, she's underrated in the fact that, um, and I think she always has been in the fact that her music is honestly next level. Like it's actually some of the best, like Toxic is truly like, I reckon one of the best pop songs like of all time, like the way that it's written like, structurally and everything, it's next level. So I feel like she's underrated in the sense that people. Um, Don't take it seriously. Well, kind of in the mainstream, they just pass it off as like vacuous pop. Like, whereas yeah. when you actually listen to it even now, mm. it's honestly kind of edgier than most of the stuff on radio that you hear. Like, and the stuff that she was speaking about was so profound. Like, like even Womanizer, for example. I mean, are you kidding? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's like, you know, yeah. calling out dudes from, like, all the way back then. And so, I don't know. I feel like she's underrated just because the quality of the music is so, so good. And just in general, there's just things, you know, it's kind of like the, like, you know, she's just remembered for, like, the breakdown and blah, 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 blah. blah and yeah, like it sucks. Um, like, she... I mean, speaking of someone who's gone, like, been a part of a machine from a label, like, she's almost the perfect example of how crazy that experience must be. And, yeah, it is really sad that the narrative has become about the breakdown and about how she is now, the conservatorship. And, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we should be talking about Blackout album, oh. which needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because that is one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. Here first. Absolutely. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah, my yeah. first ever, yeah, my first CD was the Lucky, like, single, and it was, like, a hard cover. Wow. It was so gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Was that love how it was, when like, it was, like, just the one track on there? Or was yeah, that, like, and then, the like, two remixes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Singles were awesome because you would get the track, you would get a remix, and sometimes you would get the karaoke version of yeah. it, too. Yeah, <laughs> nice. You could perform for your family in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that's so, so good. good. So good. Well, Thea, thank you so much for joining us. We have loved chatting with you. You are such a cool chick. Talented. Yeah, we Gorgeous. couldn't be biggest fangirls. Honestly, I-, I am such a fan. I know that I've like probably said it a thousand times. I feel, <laughs> I'm truly such a fan. I like can't believe that this is happening to me right now. You're so kind to like take time out of your day to... It- to come and chat to yeah, us. Yeah, totally. And keep, it means a lot. It's keep, really sweet. Yeah. Keep being you and sticking to your what you want to do because it's what reads true and it's really important and special. And watch out. I can't wait for Halloween. I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Should I dress up as you for Halloween? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Please, yes, please. You need the plaits. Yeah, I do need the plaits. Okay, <laughs> that's done. Yeah. Can you get a little heart as well? Yeah, absolutely. The tat or the eyeliner? <laughs> <laughs> get, a, both, get a tat. Both. Get a tat. Join the post yeah. group. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Hardcore. Always tired. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> right. So do you have a hangover to leave us with today, Thea? What's the hangover again? I'm so sorry. Every time I'm a hangover (laughs) is um, anything you want it to be. Just a little piece of wisdom, a lull, something you want the listeners to walk away with, put down their pods and be like, yes. That was amazing. Oh. Okay. Okay. Last week I told, oh, you got it? Great. Well, okay. Yeah. Sophia, tell us what your hangover is for the week. Mine would just be hashtag justice for Breonna Taylor and um, Black Lives Matter and make sure that you're elevating um, minority communities. And if you're a New Zealander, make sure that you um, support and can stream Maori music or just um, stand up for what's right, pretty much. That is it. Just stand Absolutely. up for like good skin. Absolutely. <laughs> I oh. love it with good skin. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Thea. I love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. <laughs>